I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. You know, nobody loves their job 100% of the time. You know, that, that's that's so, nobody loves it 100% of the time. But there's a pressure on moms to love and cherish every single second of every single day or else we're going to, you know, regret it when we're older. And when we're in the thick of it, like, I don't think anybody, any good mom I don't think she needs to be told to love it and cherish it like she's loving her kids and she's cherishing her kids just take the shame off and I would say allow yourself to be human and to feel those things and to to sit in those hard feelings like it it is okay for it to be hard it is hard this is the hardest thing you will ever do motherhood is so refining Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop-style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home, and what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. This is the Motherhood Podcast, and I'm your motherhood coach, Michelle Grosser. And I'm so grateful you guys are here with me today. Uh, We have a special treat for you. Today on the podcast, we have a conversation with Jenna Griffith, and she's the host of the Joy-Filled Podcast. And that's a show that helps women just thrive in seasons where they find themselves at home um, and just allowing them to experience the fullness of joy in the simplicity of homemaking and raising a family. So she really helps moms understand the worth of their work and just speaks tons of life back into their tired mama souls. So we had a great conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. Enjoy. Jenna, welcome to the Motherhood Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited. It's Yeah, it is going to be fun. I was telling her right before we started recording that um, as we're recording, I am hearing hurricane warnings. So if I cut off halfway through, we're going to do some good editing. We'll but do, we'll do willing, part two. Um, we're we going to get through this precisely. So before we jump in, I would love for you to just kind of share, you've shared a little bit with me, but just kind of share with our audience just about your journey, um, both in motherhood and then kind of how it's led you down this route of the work that you're doing now. 
Yeah. So I, um, my dream job was always being a mom. I always wanted to be a stay at home mom. I always wanted to, um, have a family and raise a family. And so, uh, when my husband and I, we got married when I was 20, he's older than I am. So (laughs) I'm the young one in our relationship. And I, we, we thought that we would, you know, spend a few years just being married and, uh, God had other plans and we had our first baby, um, right after our one year anniversary. So we really dove in fast. And then we had our second 16 months after that. (laughs) And we had our third, uh, right around two years after that. So they're all close together. We have three kids now. Um, and my first, I, you know, I think that a lot of times with our first pregnancy and our first baby, it's easy to go into it very naively. And that's what I did. Um, And I was like, I'm going to have a natural birth and it's going to, I'm going to breastfeed um, and I'm going to do all these things and it's going to be so easy. And it's just because I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. So this is what I'm going to do. And I did nothing to prepare myself really um, for that. I really focused on all the things that didn't matter. And (laughs) instead of preparing myself for those things, like nursing and labor and all of those things. So anyways, I ended up, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but I ended up having a pretty traumatic, um, post-delivery experience. My labor was awesome, but post-delivery, I had some trauma. Um, and that really, I was not equipped to, to really handle that and deal with that. And I had not really heard very many stories of women experiencing what I experienced. And so I was, I felt very lonely and and then that impacted, you know, my, my breastfeeding experience, which really my confidence in who I was as a mom really took a hit because all these things that I thought were going to be my story were completely the opposite of what was happening. And I just really felt like a failure and felt very alone. And so that led me to, um, I experienced postpartum depression. I experienced postpartum anxiety. And I also experienced postpartum rage and anger, which is something that is also not really talked about very much. Um, And again, just very isolating, very lonely. And so when I got pregnant with our our daughter, um, I was still, I was pregnant and I was still dealing with all this postpartum stuff. I was still very much in the thick of it. And her pregnancy actually really healed a lot of the broken places in my heart. Um, and it was very redeeming. And that's what I, I really felt God speak to me when I got pregnant with her, that this would be a redemptive process and it would be a redemptive journey. And again and again, that's what he showed me. And so uh, in October 2020, I started the Joyfield podcast and it was really simply just I was kind of feeling lonely. I (laughs) just wanted something to do, something to pour into. And I really just had a simple mission of bringing encouragement to weary moms because I had spent so much time feeling just weary and tired and feeling like even though motherhood was my dream job, I kind of felt like, is this really all there is? Like, I should be enjoying this more. I should, I should like this more. If this is, is this all that God has for me? Like I had all of those feelings. And so I just, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to start talking to moms every week. And from there, you know, it's really turned into this thing that's way bigger than I ever dreamt it would be. I started from nothing and, um, it's just been amazing to see how God has used it and how, if there's one thing that I've learned through the podcast, it's that nothing that we go through, we're, we're never the only one. There's always somebody else. Cause there are little tiny things, little things that I'll mention and it'll stick with somebody and they'll tell me about their experience. And it's just such a cool reminder. God has really used it to remind me that we are never the only ones and our stories are valid and our experiences are valid and they're meant to be shared. And so it's just been so, so awesome to see God and the way that he's used the hard parts of my story, um, to just bring encouragement and uplifting other women. So yeah, just just a little bit about me. (laughs) Yeah. I resonate so much with your story, I think. And just the fact that you were able to see, 
um, I think the purpose, not only the purpose in your pain, but also like the power in your testimony yeah, and how encouraging sure. that is to other women. Um, when I really, when I started my podcast journey, I heard some thing that read, um, like if there's only one listener that tells me like, man, that's really what I needed to hear today. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. That's like, that's it's all enough. worth it. Yes, and I just absolutely. typed that out and I put it like near my computer because yes. anytime I'm like feeling weary or tired, I'm like, is anyone even mm-hmm. listening to this? Or is this even helping? Yes. It's like, if just one person is like, oh, I feel encouraged today. Mm-hmm. Like I needed to hear that today. Then I'm like, okay, it's all worth it. God, yeah. I'm going to keep yep. going. I'm going to keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Man, thank you for sharing that. Um, and for the women listening, maybe like for the stay at home moms, or maybe for those who really had to change their perception of what their motherhood mm-hmm. life would be like to spend more time at home or their home for a season or however that looks for those of them who are just feeling like maybe how you felt where it's like, is this really my purpose or my calling? Like, am I playing small or does this mm-hmm. matter? Like what, if, maybe they have moments where they're comparing yes. themselves to like, I don't know, the woman in the courtroom or the boardroom or like whatever it is, like, what do you, what do you say to those women? What's your message and for them? Yeah. I think even though I say that, you know, motherhood was always, was my dream job and was what I always wanted to do. It was earth shattering to me Mm. when I started feeling those feelings of like, is this it? Because for so long, like it was it. And then I was here and it felt like, really? That's all? And I think that no matter what season of life, it's easy to get caught in that. We look forward to yeah. something, right? And then we get there and we're like, this is all it is. And so one thing that I have really learned and really try to do in my own life is remember that our calling, it really doesn't change mm-hmm. no matter what season we're in. You know, our as as a Christian, my calling is, you know, God, Jesus gave the great commission to go into the world and to make disciples. And so, you know, our calling and our purpose, ultimately it's to love Jesus and to make him known to the people around us. And so when, when we're rooted in that, and when we're rooted in that eternal purpose, when we take our eyes off of right now, and we put it back on eternity, then the assignments that we have we can do them with purpose and we can do them wholeheartedly unto God, because that's, that's the thing about life is we have lots of different assignments. And right now our assignment is motherhood, but it's not a forever assignment. So in the same way that I would say, you know, you can find, you can have purpose in motherhood because X, Y, Z, I would also say, don't root your purpose in being a mom. Yes. Then you're going to be the mom who has t- adult children and can't ever move on. Right. No identity left. Right. Season no, of that. life to the next assignment that God has for you. And so it, it's twofold. It, you know, it's, it's both ends. Like don't root your purpose in your assignment period. Your purpose is in, it's not in the calling. It's in the one who calls you. Mm. <laughs> Just let that land for a <laughs> let it land. <laughs> so good. Uh, and I think that takes so much of the pressure off, right? Because yes, we have the same submit no matter what yeah. role we're in. Let's do it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why we can do it wholeheartedly and we can do it with joy and we can do it, you know, with gratitude because it's, we're not defined by it. Our identity isn't defined by it and we can find purpose in it because that's where God has us. And I think it's also remembering that nowhere in life, no season is an accident. We didn't get ourselves there. It didn't happen by chance. So whether you became a mom on accident, whether you became a mom because you planned it, it still wasn't you. God (laughs) planned it and he placed you there. And so if you are where you are, that is your assignment and do it as unto the Lord, period. That's it. That's it. I love that. It's a good, a good little reframe or big reframe. Yes, big reframe, yeah. but so powerful. I have a four-year-old and a five-year-old. So now we're starting, I'm starting to see us shifting into a new season mm-hmm. where they're just a little bit more independent and they're sleeping through the night on the regular. And I feel like I'm becoming more back to like myself, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And out of that season of like chaos and little ones and all the wildness that comes along with that season. Um, but I remember thinking back and just being like so many moments, just feeling like this is so 
hard or yeah. feeling defeated or feeling like I was totally blowing it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder through those moments, like, what's your advice for the women that are like, I want to love mothering. And I know I love my kids and my family so much, but in this moment, it really feels like I don't like it. Yeah. That's so real. First of all, everyone feels that. And I think that those feelings, it's really easy for them to feel isolating. It's really easy to feel like I'm the only one that feels that way. And then it spirals into guilt and shame for feeling that way. Um, But, you know, nobody loves their job 100% of the time, you know, let's, that's, that's so nobody loves it 100% of the time, but there's a pressure on moms to love and cherish every single second of every single day, or else we're gonna, you know, regret it when we're older. And when we're in the thick of it, like, I don't think anybody, any good mom, I don't think she needs to be told to love it and cherish it. Like she's loving her kids and she's cherishing her kids. We know that these are the good days. We know you don't need to tell us. (laughs) And so I think that just take the shame off and I would say, allow yourself to be human and to feel Mm. those things and to, to sit in those hard feelings. Like it, it is okay for it to be hard. It is hard. This is the hardest thing you will ever do. Motherhood is so refining. And I think because it is, I I believe it is the most Christ-like thing that we will ever do. The the love of a mother and the, the role and the responsibility of raising kids, it's, it's heavy and it's okay for it to be heavy. And I think that, you know, instead of trying to stuff those hard feelings down or those feelings of, I don't like this right now, instead Mm -hmm. of trying to stuff that down and always just be, be happy and be grateful and all of that, Mm -hmm. let yourself sit in those feelings and acknowledge like, this is really hard right now. I am having a hard day. I am having a hard time. Making space for the hard really allows you to move through it. And then you can get to the other side of the gratitude and the cherishing it and the loving it, even when you don't like it. But if you stuff the feelings down, if you treat yourself like you can't have a break and like you can't ever feel like it's hard, then that is just going to create a shame and guilt spiral. And that's not where we want to be. And that's not where, you know, that's not where God wants us to be. No, it's not. I love that. I think sometimes too, I try to remind myself in those moments, like one, it's so hard because I care so much. Right. So there's something about that. That means I'm actually probably doing better than I think. Yeah. Yeah. And like the other thing is, like you said, it's, we care so much. And I think that I, in everything, we can always go back to the Bible and to the example of Jesus. Even Jesus said it was hard, you know, before he went to the cross, he was like, God, please take this bitter cup from me. I don't want to do this. And so that's okay to say that. And it's okay to feel that. And it's okay to feel like this is hard, but then we allow God to give us the strength that we need. And we allow God to, you know, cause the Bible also says to put our weight on him and mm-hmm. to take on his burden. And so when we do that and we say, God, this is hard. I need your help. That's when we step into his power that is made perfect in our weakness. It's Mm. hard because we're human. It's hard Mm. because we're not meant to do it alone. Mm. Yeah. But when we're weak, feeling weak and we can partner with him, then we're strong. Feeling weak is an awesome signal to, it's an awesome reminder to invite the Holy Spirit into your motherhood and to invite God to partner and to walk with you. Yeah, to surrender all of that, thinking that we have to do it on our own or that we are doing it on our own, right? Oh, that's beautiful. Um, And within that, you kind of touched on the mom guilt Mm -hmm. and the mom shame and all of these things that I also agree, along with mom rage, don't get enough airtime because I think it's something all of us feel. And it seems like it's this self-perpetuating cycle Mm -hmm. where it's like we feel it no one really wants to talk about it or if they do it's in a way that causes more guilt yeah, or more yeah. shame um so I would just love your take on like mom guilt and then really how to come 
against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of have some unpopular opinions when it comes to mom guilt. Let's hear it. Okay. So I, I hope that this. this doesn't ruffle feathers. Please hear me with an hey, open heart. And if it does, <laughs> and maybe, if it does, maybe listen that's- to that. That listen yeah. to that. <laughs> and that's right. kind of you know I don't think okay I don't think mom guilt is always a bad thing. Uh-huh. Is I think that often if we look at the root of guilt and the root of shame and the first time we you know the first time people humans ever felt shame it was because they did something wrong it was because they were not like god anymore it was because they knew that their sin was realized and i'm not saying that mom guilt means you sinned don't that is not what i'm saying <laughs> at all but guilt and shame is we know that it's from the enemy it's not of god and it it's it's a tool that the enemy likes to use to keep us from god because it was because of their shame that they hid. And, okay, and yep. so the enemy used shame to keep his God's people from him. And he, the enemy has done that time and time and time again, all throughout scripture, all throughout our lives, using guilt to keep us from God. And so often, at least in my life, when I really sit back and look at, okay, and it takes a lot of self-awareness. Mm. You know, when you begin to feel that guilt, whether it's, you know, you saw a mom doing something and you wish you could do it like her, or you saw a post on Instagram and you wish that your house looked like that. When you start to feel those things, stop and think, what is the root of this? Uh. Because sometimes it's actually conviction. Sometimes it's actually a nudge to be better. And that's a good thing. We just misplace it. We don't know what to do with that conviction and we don't know what to do with that, that nudge to be better. Now, this is, I don't talk about this a lot because it's hard to, I I know that it's like, it's easy for one little phrase that I say to be taken in completely out of context. But I guess what I'm trying to say is look at when you start to feel guilt, when you start to feel shame, know that it's not of God, but look at the root of it. Is it, is it actually, cause for me often it's actually like, I see a mom who is so intentional with her kids or so intentional with her morning time. And I, I see her, you know, waking up really early and just really having a joyful start to her morning. And I feel, I feel shame and I feel guilt because I'm sleeping in and I'm, you know, stressed out in the morning. Uh Well, the root of that is that I want to be better too. And I want to start my day like that too. And that's not bad to want to be better. I think we don't like conviction. We, we just want to do what we want when we want, how we want to do it. And we don't want to be called to be better. So instead of just turning, turning to guilt and turning to shame, we can take that root feeling and give it to God and allow him to refine us and to make us better. So often that's why I think mom guilt is often just misplaced conviction. And it's, Mm. it's the enemy twisting what the Holy spirit is trying to do inside of us, trying to uh, make us better and make us more like him. It's the enemy taking that and, and thwarting it into guilt because guilt keeps us where we are and it keeps us, you know, it keeps us, down and it keeps us in that place of shame whereas conviction makes us more like God and it refines us so that's what I would say about mom guilt is just there are there are things where it's like just throw that out like turn off shut off Instagram if you need to get off your phone if you need to like stay in your own lane and appreciate other moms for what they're doing and appreciate what you are doing too but also if you start to feel guilt and you start to feel shame, look at the root of that because often it's simply just wanting to be better and that's okay. And that's a good thing. And we can, we can take what the enemy meant to hurt us and to destroy us like guilt and shame. And we can turn it around and say, no, I'm not going to feel guilt over that, but I am going to strive to be better. And I am going to use this as inspiration and encouragement instead of letting it make me spiral in guilt and shame. Yes. Yeah. That spiral is awful. Um, 
yeah, sometimes I think about it like there's productive guilt and yeah, unproductive yes, guilt, yes. right? So it's like that productive kind is that conviction. That's a really good way to like, put it. I haven't really been able to find words because there are, it's like these two different categories of guilt and that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Productive guilt. And unproductive. so when it's productive, you're that. right. It's like you're being refined. It's like, yes. okay, I like snapped at my husband. So I feel guilty. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. I don't want to do that again, but you're right. Then there's so much of that unproductive guilt. That's like the Instagram where we're seeing some yeah. little snippet of someone's yes. not even their reality. Yes. Um, and then it makes us feel bad about ourselves. And that's the kind that's just straight from the enemy. That yeah. we just like just, I just block it out. And I, sometimes I have to actually say out loud, no, I am not mm. feeling guilty about this. I am a good mom. Like if you need to just say that out loud, I am a good mom and yep. she is a good mom. We are both good moms and we are doing our best. Yeah. Everybody. We were both chosen to parent our kids yes. and be in yes. our homes and yes. do, you know, you're right. Stay in our lane. There's so much freedom from staying in our yes. lane. I, um, it kind of reminds me, I heard this quote like a few months ago, maybe, but it was like, there's three types of business. There's my business, there's your business, and there's God's business. Yeah. And anytime we find ourselves in others' business or God's business, we're just miserable. Yes, true. <laughs> and it's that so is, true. yes. So true and so good. And also such a good reminder yes. to me every day. Um, I want to talk a little bit about joy because I am on like this mission in my home and in my community and I just think this planet is lacking so much joy and not even happiness but just like true contentment Mm -hmm. and joy um and I love that your podcast is called the joy-filled podcast and you're on this similar mission and I just would love for you to share like what are some maybe some like real practical tangible ways we can just bring more joy into our homes and into our motherhood and just have it be more of a way of life. Yeah. So I, yeah, joy. Well, I think that after dealing with postpartum depression, I just was like, what, what's the opposite of Mm. that? (laughs) What's completely (laughs) on the other side and joy. And so I began, you know, really just learning and being curious about joy and learning about it and, you know, diving into the fruit of the spirit and all of that. And what is joy. And I think that we often, it's easy to get it mistaken with happiness or with a fleeting feeling. And, you know, the regular, I like to look up definitions when I'm studying. And so the regular definition of joy is, you know, it's dependent on circumstances, like having a good, having a joyful circumstance, but the biblical definition of joy is actually I don't remember word for word, but it's, uh, I have a podcast episode about it. So you can go find it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know I've talked that. about it, but I'll link it in the I don't show have notes. the notes, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do know that it, the biblical definition of joy is dependent on the character of God. And so that's why, you know, we can have joy in every season. We can have joy amidst the hard things and the hard seasons of life, because joy our joy is unchanging because the character of God is unchanging and so it just goes back to rooting yourself in him and rooting yourself in in who he is and when we're rooted in him that's it it just flows out the bible says it's a fruit of the spirit which yes. for a long time i you know that was like growing up in church that was yeah, you know, the fruit of the spirit. Cool. That's, you know, we learn it in, in Sunday Sing songs about it. Sing yeah. songs about it. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's not a pineapple, not a yeah. banana. Oh my gosh. I've been listening to that song all week. I'm not <laughs> so funny. Um, but really when, when I think about when we break down the fruit of the spirit fruit, what is fruit? It's a byproduct. It's evidence on a tree. When, when a tree bears fruit, that means that it's healthy. That means that it's rooted in good soil and the spirit is the Holy spirit. And so the fruit of the spirit, it's a byproduct of being rooted in him. It's evidence that you're rooted in, in him and that you're walking with him. And so if, if the Bible says it, if God says it, then it is true. And it is a promise. So if the Bible says that joy is a fruit of the spirit, then I'm going to root myself in him. I'm going to plant myself in him because I know that joy will be the evidence and joy will be the byproduct. Mm 
And so I think it all starts there. It all starts with rooting yourself in God and his unchanging character. And then it just flows out of you. And I know that that's not very practical advice, but (laughs) for me, it just, when I, and and it's, it's not a, like, it's not the fruit of proclaiming Christ. It's not the fruit of accepting Christ into your heart. It's the fruit of walking with the spirit which is a daily hour by hour, minute by minute thing. It's a daily decision over and over and over again. And so when we let the Holy Spirit lead and we walk with him, joy is what will flow out of us. Uh And so that's what I've just really been on a mission to do in my life. And that looks like, you know, rooting yourself in him. It looks like making an intentional effort every day to read his word. And it looks like, you know, bringing your kids along that journey to that journey of becoming more like God and that journey of discipleship. And for us, it's a lot of songs and music loud in our house. We worship all day long and that changes the atmosphere in our home quicker than anything else um so yeah it's just rooting yourself in him and taking your family taking your kids along that journey as well yeah and I think too we can also ask for it yes like there are times where right where I'm just like like whatever fruit it is I'm like okay Yes, I need absolutely. some patience right now. I need some joy in this moment. Like, help me to reframe yeah, and I also think that we, it's easy for us to pray for patience or pray for peace or pray for self-control and all those things, yeah. but we can pray for joy too. We can pray yeah. for, and sometimes that looks like, God, give me the eyes to see yeah. the joy that is right in front of me. Give me eyes to see what you have placed in my life. Give me the perspective. Give, change my perspective. Make me see what you see. And like you said, praying for it and asking him for it is yeah. so, so powerful and so crucial in our everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Walking it out, right? It has to be a lifestyle. Yeah. It has to be it's a habit. Daily, it hourly. Yeah minute by minute for me (laughs) yeah for me too (laughs) any little thing can just it and I have to just get back on track recenter take five minutes in the bathroom to (laughs) take some breaths pray some prayers and go back at (laughs) it I do that too it's so funny um another fruit of the spirit is peace and with three little ones running around, it's a different kind of peace that we're seeking, I think, yes. at least in my home. Um, but I would just, I, I would just love, like, how can we find that peace amidst the busyness and the chaos and all the things? Yeah, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I will say that partnering say, with yeah. God and walking with him, it changes everything. And I know I sound like this crazy God girl and I am, (laughs) but I really, I have, I have done it without, Mm. not without God in my heart. You know, I gave my life to Jesus when I was in first grade, but I've done it without the daily decision to walk with him and to invite him. And, and here's the thing growing up, I always, you know, people always said, I don't know if you've heard this, but I always heard, you know, God is a gentleman. And so he's not going to force his way into your life. You have to, you have to make an effort and you have to invite him into your life. He wants to dwell with you and he wants to be a part of your life, but he's not going to force his way in. He gave us free will. And so I think remembering that and remembering that partnering with him is, is really everything. And that's really, you know, that's how we find peace amidst the chaos and, and peace when it's so crazy because it is, I, I have three (laughs) under three, four and under right now. So my oldest is four. My middle is she'll, she's turning three soon. And my youngest is turning one soon. 
<laughs> so peace is not always very evident in our home. <laughs> but it is in my heart. Peace yeah. is not dependent on my circumstances. It's not dependent on you know, I, I don't always have a peaceful home, but I can have peace in my heart. And that is up to me. And I think that remembering for us as moms, we kind of set the tone a lot of the time. And so if yeah. we're chaotic, if we're hectic, if we're frantic, if we're stressed out, that's going to carry out into our home and that's going to carry out into our kids. But if we are kind of like the oak tree of our home, like we have to be solid. We, we can't waver in our emotions and in our feelings. And that's not to say we can't feel things, but our kids are looking to us. And so, you know, partnering with God and asking, praying for peace and, and making the space for it in our own life in the quiet times where we're alone, which is not very often, which is why it's important to (laughs) use those times wisely. Like the times that you get by yourself, Use it to fill your cup because it, you know, sometimes it's few and far between. For me, it's few and far between. I don't know if anybody else has hacked the system on how to have time to yourself, please tell us. <laughs> but it goes back to just rooting yourself in him and, you know, making, making peace a priority in your heart. Yeah. So that way, what's going on around you, it, it can be hectic. It can be crazy. Um, but it doesn't affect you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all really, really wise. I think it's also a reminder that like peace in this season is going to look different than peace yeah. in 20 years. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like what you're asking, like, God, just open my eyes, open yes. my heart. Let me see peace in a new way today. And soaking up those peaceful moments because there are peaceful moments. One thing yes. that I started doing was, um, documenting videos on my phone I think that Instagram gets a bad rap for being a highlight reel, but I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to savor the peaceful moments and the, and the good moments. And it helps us reflect, it helps me reflect with gratitude on the day. So I take little snippets throughout my day of just like three second, four second videos of really sweet things and really peaceful moments. And then I can look back on them at the end of the day, even though I, even if I feel like, wow, this was a crazy day, I look back and I go, oh, but I forgot that this happened because there's so much that happens. I think it's easy to forget those little peaceful moments. So that's a practical thing that you could do is just savor the little, the little moments, the little, even if it's five seconds, savoring those little peaceful moments really adds up and helps you just to reflect on your day with gratitude. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that is practical. And I think that's something that we can all remember because they exist. And sometimes when we're so caught up in it, it's hard to notice or remember that they do exist. Uh, That's great. Um, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit because you're doing a lot with three under four. (laughs) And I want to hear just a little bit about kind of like the systems you have in place yeah. or any routines or like, you're kind of talking about hacks and I know all the moms <laughs> want all the hacks and I want hacks. all the hacks. Um, but just the little ways that you are intentional about the things in your home to kind of keep things moving as smoothly or orderly as they possibly can. Yeah. So I, I'm not the most organized person. So That's I am <laughs> not very organized at all. And very rarely is my house completely clean. It's usually like one, one, one piece of my house is clean, but I just, first and foremost, I, I have, I had to just lay down some of that perfectionism and some of the desire, like your home is meant to be lived in. Yes. It's okay. If it looks like kids live there. Like, I think that Instagram has created this idealistic version of what homes are supposed to look like and a beautiful home is awesome and when our kids are grown and we ha- we're empty nesters we can have a beautiful home yep. <laughs> we can have we can have fancy things but right now I'm it's gonna like, buy a white couch yes white couch <laughs> my my mom actually they bought a ha- they built a house and she bought she has white couch white walls white everything and I'm like good for you you did it that's your reward for yeah. raising four kids there you go. <laughs> um but no I think first and foremost laying down some expectations letting yourself you know be a little easy on yourself 
Um, but also some of the things that I like to do just very simply and practically, I do a load of laundry a day, no matter what. I don't let it pile up. Um, that's life-changing. I don't know what happened, but going from two to three kids was like, I used to be able, we used to be able to have a laundry day, like one day a week. And all of a sudden after our third was born, it was like, where did all this laundry come from? I don't I'm like, he is one little baby. How did this happen? Um, so doing one load a day is one of my favorite routines. Very simple. Um, and I, if I don't keep up on it, like it is so quick that it piles up. So one load of laundry a day is one of my favorites. Um, another favorite routine is cleaning the, well, tidying, not cleaning, tidying the living space and the kitchen before I go to bed. Um, my husband and I tag team that, but it's really like, I read a quote that was like, don't take, don't bring yesterday's mess into today. And I think that's really powerful. Um, because I know that when I don't, I regret it. So I always like, we always do a load of dishes at night and we clean the kitchen and we tidy our living space. And that is really just a game changer to wake up to. And for our kids too, like they can start fresh and have a clean slate for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, gosh, I'm trying. How about you? Like, how do you find time for Um, yourself or... I, well, ideally I would wake up early, but I really, I'm trying, I'm like in the middle of trying to build a habit. And I feel like I've been in the middle of trying to build that habit for the last four years, but then like I keep having babies. Rest also. <laughs> I keep having babies that wake up in the middle of the night. And so it just resets that back yep. to, so my youngest is almost one. So he's finally starting to sleep longer and I'm getting more rest. And so I'm like, okay, I'm at a place where I can start waking up early, but I think that that's like the age old advice. That's not good advice. Like, oh yeah, ideally I would wake up at 5am, but I don't. Today I woke up at 630 and it's fine. And it's because my kids woke me up. And so I think that for me, what I do is I don't very often wake up before my kids. Again, I would like to, ideally someday I will. Right now I don't. Um, And so creating those spaces for me looks like getting them doing easy breakfasts, like toast and fruit or cereal and fruit something very simple I don't go all out during the week with breakfast Um, and then I always read my bible whether or not they're there so I think that often we think that we need to have quiet time like completely to ourselves, and that's just not always realistic I like to start my day with the bible some people like to end their day you know they like to read the bible after their kids go to bed. And if that's you, like do whatever works for you. For me, I like to get the word of God in me so I can meditate on, uh, you know, verses and scriptures that I've picked out. I like to meditate on them all day long and write them out in my, um, like in my planner and on my phone and all that. So I like to read whether or not my kids are next to me this morning. I read my Bible at, our dining table with my toddlers all around me. Um, I had to pause a lot and do different things and referee a wrestling match. And the baby woke up in the middle of my reading, but it's okay if it takes a while. I, I like to just pause and come back and pause and come back. And that's, it works for me. And and I, in this season, I just know that it's a season. That's the thing. And how I know, powerful for your kids to see you doing that. And that's the other thing too, is I recognize that part of like discipleship is, is making someone like God. And so for us with our kids to, to disciple them, we have to let them see us also becoming like God. And yeah. so allowing them to come along the journey, often my daughter will ask for her Bible and she'll come and sit next to me and she'll read her little Bible uh, while I read mine. And then usually we read a page of her Bible together. And it's just, those are the things that are really going to impact them and in their own personal walk with God, when it comes time for them to start making decisions for themselves. I know that it will be really impactful and powerful to remember seeing their parents also, you know, making those daily things a habit and pursuing God in our own lives. And so I just have to, 
I try to keep an eternal perspective on things like that. And I try to not be selfish with it. I would prefer to not have my kids around. I would prefer completely quiet time. I would prefer that. (laughs) And I would prefer to wake up early. That's not always going to happen. And that's not always the case. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's one thing that I do for my Bible reading is I do it whether, whether or not they're there. Um, another thing that I do that has really, that I just recently started doing, like after just in the last year or so is I keep all of my get ready stuff in okay. a basket so that I can take it wherever I need to be. I can get ready in the kitchen. I can get ready in the living room. I can get ready in the bathroom. We have, we live in like a split level townhouse. And so our bedrooms are upstairs and all our living space is downstairs, which makes it difficult to get ready in my bathroom if my kids are awake, because I don't want them tearing up my room. I don't want them destroying the upstairs in the bedrooms. I want them in the living room where they can easily play and have what they need. And so I started keeping all like my toothbrush and my toothpaste, my, you know, face wash and everything, my makeup, all my hair stuff, everything in a basket, like everything that I would need for just a simple morning. That way I can get ready while they're eating breakfast or while they're playing or, you know, while they're, we do like a morning basket where they listen to morning songs and they're usually like worship songs on YouTube. And so sometimes we'll play our morning songs and um, I'll get ready. And that has been life-changing because for me getting ready for the day, it changes my entire mood and it really helps me just show up with intentionality and, um, it just makes me feel good. And it makes me happy to, you know, put on clean clothes and to have some makeup on and to look cute. I like to look cute (laughs) and that's okay. (laughs) And, and so I have found that when I do that, when I keep that basket, like it goes everywhere with me, it'll go up into our room. It'll, I do my makeup in the kitchen, do it in the bathroom, do it in the living room, do it while holding a baby. Like I can do my makeup anywhere get ready for the day and still be present with my kids. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I like to, um, just keep keeping those rhythms that are a part of my day, keeping them a priority. So, you know, my morning rhythm is, you know, reading my Bible and getting ready and all of that. And that's like with or without my kids, but I like to keep my nap time rhythm, my afternoon rhythm, when the kids are resting, that's pretty sacred. And I, instead of doing things that are like numbing out or indulging or, you know, taking a nap or watching a show, I I really try to be intentional to do things that are going to fill my cup, whether that's spiritually or emotionally or physically. I really just try to make an effort to take care of myself. Um, And then the same thing in the evening, like when the kids go to bed, um, being mindful to not just turn on a TV show, but to really do things that are going to take care of myself and make me feel filled up. Um, because like we've said, our, our quiet time, our time alone is few and far between. And so those times that we do get, um, those brief minutes, it's important to just be intentional with them. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite things to do? Like instead of Netflix or just scrolling, like how, what are some of the intentional things you like to do? I love a good skincare routine and that feels very like, it feels very kind of, I don't know, frivolous. It feels very, um, no, but I well, I think that it, it, I don't know, I guess it can be easy for that to sound like, oh, what? <laughs> but that's not really taking care of your soul. But to me, oh, I, I totally get that. <laughs> I think that's completely nourishing. I am. Yeah, I love a good skincare routine. I love to take my time. I actually learned how to do I, I YouTube like how to do face massage. So I learned like a 10 minute face massage and it's so wonderful. <laughs> I feel like I'm giving myself a facial and it's, it's like awesome for lymphatic drainage. Like I am super into all of that. Um, I really love, I have learned to love, I didn't know that I did, but I've really loved baking um, and finding recipes and things like that. And that's, those are things that I can do with the kids, but it just makes me like 
it just makes me feel happy. And then also um, going back to the like getting ready, um, that is a piece of me that I felt like I lost for a few years when I became a mom. When I was, you know, when I was younger, I loved clothes. I loved like putting on a face of makeup. I loved not like fashion because I'm like, I have my, I feel like I have my own style, but I loved following trends and I loved keeping up with all of that. And so I think I lost some of that. And so for me, that's why getting ready is such an act of self-care because it feels like I'm holding on to this piece of me that is true to me, not me as a mom, not me as a wife, not me as fill in the blank, but just me. So getting back to those things that maybe you've lost and maybe you've, you know, let go dormant, bringing back those things in your life that are true to just you as an individual. I think that's a really important thing as moms. That's a really important thing for us to do. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it makes us better moms and better yes, wives. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Man, I'm, this has been so good. I'm so <laughs> grateful. I feel like you just spit so much wisdom and I know that all the listeners are going to be so blessed and so encouraged and maybe even a little bit challenged. Um, I think in all the best ways of just calling them forward. Um, so thank you. Yeah. I would love for you to share with, with the listeners, like where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Yeah. So I, yes, my podcast is the joy filled podcast. So you can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I, um, I'm also on Instagram at Jenna Madeline G and Madeline is spelled weird. So you can just search for me and I'll, I'll show up. I hope I'll um, put it in the show notes. Put it in the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, Madeline, it's the true, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but it's the no, true, sure. like French, French spelling of it. So it's M-A-D-E-L-E-I-N-E. I-N-E. Um, anyways, Jenna Madeline G on Instagram and Joyfield podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast is the easiest way to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for making the time to be with us. And also just thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for the voice that you are to all the mamas out there. (laughs) Thank you for showing up and following your calling and purpose and all the different ways that you're doing. So Um, I think it's really beautiful and inspiring and encouraging. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and a privilege and I'm so grateful. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, Your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village, and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.